Today we remember the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ as our dead Dr. Maswanganyi was talking about. I want to read from Luke chapter 24, verse 12. My prayer is that the story of the resurrection will not just be a story that we read about of what happened 2,000 years ago, but that somehow you will understand today the significance of the resurrection of Jesus Christ for your own life. You see, Jesus Christ is our hope. In this world where there's hopelessness, Jesus Christ is our hope because he is the master over that which has died. In Luke 24, and I read the New Living Translation, it says, very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. And as they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Somebody say, he is risen. Say it again, he is risen. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, he is risen. Tell your neighbor, he is not dead. Tell them, don't act like God is dead, neighbor. Jesus is risen. He says he isn't here. He's risen. Remember what he told you in Galilee. That the son of man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men. Be crucified. And he would rise again on the third day. And then they remembered what he had said. So they rushed back from the tomb to tell his 11 disciples and everyone else what had happened. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and several other women who told the apostles what had happened. But the story sounded like nonsense to the men. So they didn't believe it. Because, you know, somehow people rather would believe in death. People would rather believe in what's bad, what is wrong, People would rather believe in things not being good. People would rather believe that you can never live right, you can never do right. You can never be somebody who, who, whose things are going well in your life. Somehow our world is structured on a negative line. People in our world really love to be negative. You know, sometimes when you do something good, not many people say anything about it. But you do something bad before you know you are on Twitter, you are on Facebook, 
you are on WhatsApp, you are on every platform there is. But when you do something good, something is wrong in our world that people would rather believe in death. And I use death in a figurative sense. Death to talk about what's not positive. Death to talk about what's not working. Death to talk about disappointment, hopelessness. People would rather believe in hopelessness, helplessness. People would rather believe in things being dead than believe that things can be good. But I'm here to tell you today, Jesus is not in the grave. Jesus has risen. And because Jesus has risen, things in your life will rise again, no matter how dead they are. Can I hear a shout in the stadium here? No matter how dead things are in your life, no matter how bad things are in your life, I'm here to tell you, Jesus Christ will bring life to what is dead. And the angels say, why are you looking for the dead among the living? And even when they told the apostles they didn't believe, look at verse 12. He says, however, Peter jumped up, ran to the tomb to look. Stooping, he peered in, saw the empty linen wrapping, and he went home wondering what had happened. I'm here to tell you that people are going to wonder what God is going to do in your life. Ah, come on, if you believe that, give the Lord a shout. When they are looking for negative, for death, for evil, for senyama, for ponsiwa, God is going to do something different in your life. And they will wonder what God has done. You see, after Jesus had died and was buried, there was a lot of fear, confusion, and hopelessness and despondency that came among his disciples and followers. Because when Jesus was moving around and ministering, he represented hope. He represented life. He represented freedom. People in that day had watched him raise the dead. They watched him feed the multitude with five loaves of bread and two fish. They had listened to his sermons for three years. And when they were around Jesus, they were captivated by a new sense of hope. Something about being where Jesus was brought life to them. These are the people who had been captivated by this new sense of life. Very different from the stiff religion that they were used to. Very different from the ceremonial practices where they just did ceremony and there was no life to ceremony. When Jesus came, he became a rabbi among rabbi, a teacher among teachers. He became a preacher among preachers, a pastor among pastors, an apostle among apostles. When Jesus came, he became everything to all people. He was so different from the religious leaders of the day. He loved those who were not loved. He embraced women and embraced children alike. 
He spent his time among people who were called sinners. He embraced people that society had thrown out. Even the lepers, who at the time were considered as outcasts, men who had been locked out of the city, left outside of the city to die. Somehow, when they saw Jesus, hope came into their hearts. Because there was something about Jesus that brought hope. Something about Jesus that made people who felt that their life was nothing to feel like I can live again. The same Jesus who is here this morning in the person of the Holy Spirit. The same Jesus who is aware of you no matter who you are. Jesus was so different. So different that children could run up to him. So different that sinners could come to him. So different that women who were unjustly just judged, who were facing death, and people were about to stone them, he stood in the middle and said, you're not going to do it. Jesus who, the irreligious people, the non-church going people, could find space in his life for a change. The people of the day experienced the love of God that loves everyone. For a change, they saw who God was in the person of Jesus. Because he told them, if you have seen me, you've seen my father. What he's simply saying is, if you want to know God's attitude towards anything, look at my attitude. When I see those who are hungry, I feed them. When I see those who are sick, I heal them. When I see those who are ostracized, I embrace them. When I see those who have been beaten by religious people, I protect them. And so for a while, in the presence of Jesus, people had hope in the presence of Jesus. In the presence of Jesus, they knew that God loved them. At least their hearts were filled with hope. But then one dreadful night, this Jesus, who was everything to them, was crucified. This same Jesus, whom the religious leaders tried to kill before, and they couldn't kill him. This same Jesus, who said, no one can take my life unless I lay it down. But somehow on this night, he was killed and he died and he was buried. Their souls sank into despair. Their hearts drifted into hopelessness. The dream of a better life quickly evaporated before their eyes. This one who couldn't be killed previously now has succumbed to death, killed by the very ones who couldn't touch him. Unfortunately, they focused on the fact that he died they forgot what he told them, that death cannot kill me. They forgot what he told them. No one will kill me. If I die, it will be because I chose to lay down my life. And if I choose to lay down my life, I can take it back up again. Can I hear a shout in this place? Jesus is telling them, there's no amount of death 
kill the life of God. There's no amount of evil that can kill the life of God. There's no amount of what Satan can do that can extinguish what God can do. I'm here to tell you, it doesn't matter what the devil wants to do in your life. He doesn't have enough power to stop what God wants to do in your life. If you believe that, give the Lord a big shout. That is why the angel is asking them, why are you looking for the dead? For the living rather, among the dead. In other words, the angel says, why are you coming to this place of death to find answers? But let me tell you, you see, these women, for, for, for the last two days, they had come to the grave to bring spices, to embalm the corpse corpse of Jesus Christ. But now they are shocked to find that his body is not in the tomb. They are shocked at what the angels were saying. But you see, for the last two days when they came, not only did they come to embalm his body, but these women had a very special relationship with Jesus. Let me talk about just one of them. You see, Mary Magdalene, the reason, the fact that Jesus was not in the grave became a problem for her is because she is the woman out of whom Jesus had cast out seven evil spirits. And now that Jesus is dead, she's wondering if the evil spirits are not going to come back. She's wondering, what am I going to be without Jesus? This same Mary Magdalene, we also learn in John 8, she's associated with the woman whom Jesus had saved from being stoned by the religious leaders because she had been caught in adultery. She's wondering, if Jesus is dead, will not these religious leaders come back and kill me again? We read about this Mary Magdalene that this woman had witnessed most of what surrounded the crucifixion of Jesus. She was present at the mock trial of Jesus. She heard Pontius Pilate when he pronounced the death sentence. She saw Jesus beaten, humiliated by the crowd. She was standing near during Jesus being crucified. She stood there to try and comfort him. Here she stands, her only hope, Here she stands, the only one who can make her life feel safe. The one who represented protection from demonic powers. The one who represented protection from religious leaders. Now here he is, his life is getting out of him, he's dying. Here she stands, she sees her dreams being buried and her hope being dissipated. So she comes to the tomb to try and reconnect with what used to be. She comes to the tomb to go down memory lane. She comes to the tomb out of nostalgia, hoping that things can work again. Many times we try to go back to the past. We try to bring things back that used to be alive again, that are dead. We try to get our life back to that time when I had a job, but I don't have a job anymore. We try to go back to a time when I had a wife and I had a husband, but I don't have them anymore. 
We try to go back to the time where you things used to be and we sit there in the valley of nostalgia and we sit there in the grave of death and we conclude that things will never be better again. But God is asking you a question. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? Why are you allowing your current situation to tell you this is the end? Because remember, resurrection came after death and burial. And if you are in a space of death and burial, I'm, about, I'm telling you, there is resurrection that is around the corner. Oh, I'm here to tell somebody, God is not done with you. The devil is not going to have the final say in your life. God is going to raise you up. You don't need to sit in the valley of death, in the valley of despondency, where you have no hope and you have concluded that this is the end of your life. You know, I've been a pastor now for a while. And one thing I can tell every one of you here, without doubting, is that over the years, if there's one thing I've learned about God, is that God has a way of changing people's lives. You know, I remember this lady in our church who, when she first came to church, her husband had just left her. He left her with three children. The, the eldest, if I remember well, was 10 years old. This woman had to raise these three boys by herself. I remember many times I would pray with her, help her with whatever we could help, give, support the boys. And I saw these boys, these young men needed a father figure. And I felt I would take extra time to try and be that father figure. I couldn't be there for them all the time. But whatever little time I had with them at church, I tried to embrace them and talk to them. I can tell you, without any shame, 20 years down the line, the firstborn, as I speak now, I believe he's an engineer or something. The other two boys, they went to school, they passed their studies, and these young men began supporting their mom. Listen to me. If things are bad now, I want you to know we are here in the stadium. Learn the stadium. If one team scores a goal against your team, you don't sit down and cry. We are Tell your neighbor, neighbor, Uzobu. Why? Because we know that the devil has scored the first goal. It is not the end of the match yet. Ah, it's second round, yes. Abazalona says, And I've seen again and again and again. I can tell you story after story after story. That where you are now, with your life where it is now, 
and you are experiencing difficulty, you are experiencing trouble, there's no hope that you see, and it looks like things will never work. I'm here to tell you, it's not the end of the story. It's not over until God says it's over. The devil is not going to win until God gives the permission. Can I hear a good amen in the house? It's not over. And God is asking that question. Now watch this. Where the women have forgotten and what the disciples have forgotten is that during his lifetime, Jesus used to raise people from the dead. So the first time that he encountered death and that he has died, it doesn't mean that death is going to kill him. It is just a step. It is just a process. It is just a season. He is going to come back. We read in the Bible how Jesus, and I love this one, raised the dead because he's a master of death. In Mark 5, we read the story of Jairus who had come to Jesus asking Jesus to come and pray for his daughter. Whilst Jesus was trying to go to the house of Jairus, he was interrupted by someone. And in the process, Jairus' daughter died. We see in that verse, when the story and the news came of the death of the daughter of Jairus, Jesus immediately looked at Jairus and this is what he said. He said, fear not, only believe. Jesus is not saying your daughter is not dead. Jesus is not saying you didn't get bad news. Jesus is saying, even if you got bad news, fear not. Fear not. Jesus had gone to the house of Jairus because Jairus had sent to Jesus, I believe that if you can pray for my girl, she will be made whole. You see, when you show faith in God and you express faith in God, even when things in your life look like they are not working, God will intervene. Even if it looks like things have moved from bad to worse, God has not forgotten your prayer. God has not forgotten your faith. Some of you, you've been praying maybe for many months or for many weeks or for, for many years and it looks like it's not working. But I'm here to tell you, God never forgets your prayers. God never forgets your tears. God never forgets your faith. God never forgets. You may forget, but God doesn't forget. In the fullness of time, God's going to come through for you. Can I hear an amen if you believe that God's going to come through for you? Jesus says to Jairus, fear not. In other words, don't allow fear to take away your dream. Don't allow hopelessness to take away your dream. We read another story where Jesus raised a young man from the dead. Jesus saw a funeral procession. And when he looked, he saw a, a mother who was a widow crying helplessly because she had lost a son. Please listen to me. The Bible says in Luke 7, when Jesus looked at this woman, he was moved with compassion. 
Please listen. God is aware of your pain. God is not oblivious to your pain. God is moved by your pain. I think when Jesus looked at this woman, he felt in his heart, this woman cannot have a double loss. Not long she lost her husband. Now she has lost a son. There's no way this can go on. When the husband died, I wasn't there. But there's no way I'm gonna allow this death to be there when I am here. I'm here to tell you God's not gonna allow you to have a double loss in your life. Maybe first time around the devil was lucky. But a second time around, because God is aware of you. But not only that, because this was a child, a son, I believe Jesus was saying, I'm not going to allow what's young to die. In fact, when you read the Bible, you'll note that of the people that Jesus raised from the dead, two of them were young people. What is God saying? God is saying, anything that's young in your life, whether it's a young vision, it's a young career, anything that you are starting, I will never allow it to die. Some of you, you've started businesses and the devil is standing against you. God is telling you today, I'm not going to allow your business to die. I will raise it from the dead. Some of you have started a vision this year of something new in your life. You have started in your studies, but maybe you are stalling and the devil is trying to kill it. Somebody say, God's not going to allow it to die. And Jesus raises the young man from the dead. And then the third story. It's a very interesting story. Is that of Lazarus, who had died, but first he was sick. And the sisters came to Jesus to tell him about the death of Lazarus. And you know what Jesus did? He didn't go immediately. He went after two days. When he got there, unfortunately, Lazarus had died. And the sister of Lazarus says this to Jesus. Martha says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. You see, Martha concluded that because my prayer was not answered when I prayed, it's the end of everything. But I'm here to tell somebody, God is never late. Even when Lazarus had been in the grave and now was thinking, God, Jesus Christ, was never late. Some of you, when you look at your life, things have gone so bad that it's like it's thinking now. Things have become so bad that when you look at them, it looks like nothing's going to work anymore. It's gotten to a point where you have concluded that there's no hope. But I'm here to tell you, Jesus, the master of death, is able to raise your Lazarus. And when he came to the tomb of Lazarus, he didn't pray long prayers. He stopped, he thanked God, and he said, Father, I thank you that you always hear me. 
Lazarus, come forth. Jesus is saying, vision, come forth. Success, come forth. Prosperity, come forth. Jesus is calling those things in your life. Some of you, you look at your families. And when you look at your brother family, it's trouble after trouble, problem after problem. It's like there's nobody in your family who is immune to problems. You look at the things happening in your family and you wonder if things will ever get right. You can never point to anybody in your family where things were right. Things are falling apart, left, right, and center. And you've been praying and you think God is late, but I'm here to tell you, God is not late. Tell your neighbor, God is not late. Say it again, God is not late. Let me conclude. The rising of Jesus from the dead not only speaks to us about the rising from the dead of a physical body, because the word resurrection means the following. Number one, the act of coming to life again. God's going to bring to life things in your life. Some of you, you used to live a certain quality of life that you're not living anymore. I'm talking about maybe a spiritual life where you used to be a prayerful person and you've become discouraged in your walk with God because it looked like you are surrounded by death all around. You got discouraged in going to church. You got discouraged in praying. I'm here to tell you that God is going to bring life back to you. As we sit in this stadium, even if it's not a church building, we've turned this place into a big cathedral of God. Where the Spirit of God, like a canopy, rests upon us. Right where you are, God's going to bring life to your spiritual life. Again, you'll be strong in your spiritual life. Again, you'll be able to pray again. Again, you'll be able to experience the peace of God in your heart that passes all understanding. Maybe you walked away from God because it seemed like God is not answering. It looked like God's not changing anything. But today on this Resurrection Sunday, Jesus is saying to you, why are you looking for the living among the dead? I will give life to you. The word resurrection number two speaks of the state of being alive again after death. Some of you, your death might not be physical death, but there are things that have died in your life. We come from COVID, where so many things happen to us, and there are so many people whose lives have been disgruntled. You know, as a pastor, as I talk to people, I realize it doesn't look like there's a single person who is immune from having lost something where something has died in their lives. Something has gone wrong in their lives. In my own family, this month, April, is a difficult month because it was in this month, two years ago, where we lost two family members very close to us. My sister-in-law, who's the elder sister of my wife, and my brother-in-law, who got married to my younger sister. So even as I stand and preach in this month, I preach with a scar in my heart. But listen, even if we have scars, Jesus is still there to help us. 
even when we cry, we don't stop believing God. And somehow, even in the midst of that pain, God is able to carry us. You see, God brings resurrection and brings back your passion again, your love for God again, your enthusiasm again. Some of you, you used to be energetic people. Now you drag yourself around because you have lost all hope in living. I'm here to tell you on this Resurrection Sunday, get your hope again. And finally, the word resurrection figuratively means a restoration. You see, God is able to bring restoration of what you've lost, what was taken away, what is out of place. Sometimes there's things in our lives that are out of place. Who take a man? Things are out of place. But it also means to take away from decay or disuse. Sometimes people feel so hopeless that they stop doing anything. Today, the biggest problem in our country is depression. Depression has many reasons for it. But one of the major reasons of depression is a loss of hope. The Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. And when people are depressed, they have no motivation to do anything. They don't wash, they don't groom themselves, they don't want to wake up, they don't take care of their body, they don't pray, they don't go to church, they don't do anything. You are not here by mistake. You are here by God's invitation. You are not here by mistake because God wants to resurrect something in your life. You are a better person than what you are right now. As I look at you, I see a champion in you. And God sees a champion in you. God says, I don't know if you know. God says, I have thoughts about you. Thoughts concerning your life. Thoughts to give you peace. Thoughts to give you a future and an expected end. Don't allow your life to disintegrate into nothingness. Jesus Christ, the master over death, is able to raise your dream again. And finally, the word... Resurrection means revival, revival, revival. I was looking at that section right there at the back at the top. When the sound system went off, they started singing. And somebody over there was blowing a vuvuzela. Right there, you see. You see, God wants all of us to be as enthusiastic as that. God wants all of us to have life in us. We are not here to attend God's funeral. We are here to announce the grave is empty. Jesus has been raised from the dead. And because Jesus has been raised from the dead, we will also live. We will live in newness of life. We will live in newness of vision. We will come back to who we used to be. We will get back Sizobuya. Maybe first round we were beaten. First round they scored against us. First round we thought it's over. But we have realized it's not over until God says it's over. And for as long as I can believe, even if death has come, Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And Jesus will resurrect my vision. And now I want to pray for you. Whoever you are.
Some of you, when you look at your life, it's not pleasing before God. Maybe you got discouraged by this thing called faith. You, you stopped believing in God. But as you've been sitting here, right where you are, you can hear the voice of God. You can hear God speaking to you, speaking to your life and saying to you, this is a day for resurrection. This is a day for new life. Maybe you have sunk into hopelessness so much so that you don't think your life will be better. But as you've been listening, you are saying, if Jesus could bring hope to hopeless lives, I believe Jesus can bring hope in my life. I'm about to pray in this place. I ask everybody to bow their heads and close their eyes as we come before God in prayer. The God who sees you, the God who's aware of you, the God who's right there where you are, Jesus Christ, who is risen from the dead. The grave is empty today with the same life that raised him from the dead. He wants to use the same life to raise you from your death, to raise things that are dead in your life. Only if you will give him a chance. Only if you will give him a chance. Our head bowed, our eyes closed. If you say to me, Bishop, really I need prayer. I need prayer. Would you please pray for me? I want God to begin a work in my life. I really need prayer. Our heads bowed, our eyes closed. If that is you and you need prayer, just raise your hand right where you are. Raise it high so that I can see it. All over this place, just raise it high. Say, please, it's me. It's me. I need help. I need God to intervene. Thank you for those hands. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. We are here to experience a touch of God. We are not here, not because we are good people, not because we are wonderful people. We are here because we are people desperately in need for God. Please don't keep your hand down. If you know you need prayer, raise it up. Thank you for those hands. May I ask all the people who raise their hands, regardless of where you are, can you stand right where you are, please? Just stand on your feet. Give them a big hand as they stand. Stand on your feet. Because resurrection life, resurrection life is about to come your way right now. Resurrection life is about to come your way. Stand on your feet. We are serious about this thing. We know that God is able to change us. God is able to transform us. Stand on your feet. Now I'm going to ask you to do one more thing. Because you are so serious about your decision. Because you want to leave this place a different person. I want to pray for you. I want to invite you from where you are doesn't matter how far you are to come all the way come stand in the front take your belongings including your children by the way and walk all the way to the front as we give you a big hand all under stadium give them a big hand as they walk come on come on 